Hello, RP people, and welcome back to Role Playing as Smart People, the podcast where we pretend to know what we're talking about when it comes to RPG systems, mechanics, news, and dumb rants on, rants on topics that we've overthought. My name is Santa, and I'm glad you've decided to tune in for our first for our second episode. Wow, yeah, it's already second. Joining me as always, I have two lovely co-hosts, a man who's been playing RPGs since the dawn of the internet, Mr. Finder. Howdy. Glad to be here. Well, I'm glad to have you here too. And last but not least, I got Scott W. He's decided to roleplay as Thomas Edison for this entire episode. Oh my gosh, this is gonna be awesome. Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> <laughs> So on today's episode, uh, we'll actually be talking about the elusive balance between simulation and playable mechanics. And before we get going, I'd like to pose a very simple question. What would you actually consider a simulation? Who are you talking to? Uh, you can go, Scott. Uh, Rollmaster. Rollmaster. What's that one like? Uh, so Rollmaster has about, oh my God, maybe eight to a dozen pages of its character sheet. And you develop everything along the way. So in order to gain more, more hit points, you have to develop those. In order to get better to swing a sword, you have to develop that. To swing a dagger, you develop that. To shoot a bow, you develop that. To shoot a crossbow, you develop that. To be better at wearing your armor and being protected, you develop that. Uh, and so on and so forth. So it's every little step along the way you have to develop. You want to learn, if you want to cook, you develop that. If you want to, uh, I don't know, uh, thread a needle right, and sew leather, you develop that. I, I kid you not, it is a very in-depth game. Uh, and on top of that, the mechanics. I love Rollmaster. I ran it for years, so we'll the caveat out. But that is a simulationist game. It tries to accomplish all the things. And it's the D100 system. And with that, you're looking at just these... And everything has a chart. Everything you try to do has its own table in the book, and you're doing cross-references. It's sort of like an Excel spreadsheet. So if you roll to attack with your sword... You have to cross-reference your roll minus uh, the defense bonus, minus the shield bonus, minus how fast you went in the round, minus a couple other things, plus this, plus that. And then you look at the armor type of the, of the character, if they're wearing something that you're attacking, and that will give you how many hit points you do, if any, uh, and anything on top of that, and if you do any criticals. And then you have a critical chart to roll on as well, which can add other things such as bleeding, uh, stun, stun no parry, stun must parry, and so on and so forth. Hopefully that helps you understand a simulation game. Yeah, it did. I'm not going to lie. I zoned out halfway through because I could not even. I was just listening. To, you got to a point to where it's like, oh, now, now you have to check their armor on top of all those other things. I was like, my God, the math on that already. Oh, You, you so, have no idea. I have no idea, and I'm kind of scared. <laughs> I'll, I'll run it for you guys one day. Did that game come with a license for Excel? It got it should have. <laughs> so and they have a light version of it, which is Middle Earth role playing, MERP, which is a lot of people are familiar with who may not have had Rollmaster, and MERP is considered baby's baby Rollmaster. Uh it's much more playable, but it still has all those steps in play. And we won't even talk about spell lists. You don't develop individual spells, you develop a spell list, and you gotta pay for that list as you go along. So like if you know Fire Law, you know a certain number of spells on that list, and that list goes level one to level uh 10 say if you cast over your level then you you can or can't do that you have to you have to prep a spell for two rounds if it's your level or so it gets really in depth and your first level spell for fire law is like i can light a campfire <laughs> so, 
All right. What about you, Mr. Finder? You got a, what's your definition of simulation? And can you name a game that kind of fits that criteria? Um, you know, my definition is I've always understood simulation to be where you're trying to capture real world mechanics. So like a gun, you're going to have different calibers that do different types of damage and, uh, you can't have like your ability to shoot a pistol is dramatically different than your ability to shoot a rifle. And even within there, you've got a, a gradation of types of rifles, right? So like your, your 50 caliber is going to be different than your M16 is going to be different than your musket. And so there's a lot of, you have to specialize in everything similar to what Scott was describing with role master. I've never played anything that in depth. Probably the closest that I've come to a simulationist game that I can think of off the top of my head would be Traveler, where they get into some very specifics around hard science within the game itself. So there, there are some rules that try to simulate space travel and space combat and uh, all of that sort of stuff. And you're using real world physics as part of that game. Um, it wasn't, I mean, it didn't require a physics degree or anything, but there, there were rules that tried to simulate, um, the way ships move, the way, the way things happen. So, uh, probably that's, that's going to be the closest I've come to true simulationist that, that I can think of at the moment. Yeah. I've heard of the traveler. <clears throat> I've heard of traveler and I've kind of seen a little bit online about talking about it, but that's one I've definitely not looked into too much. But I love that game. Yeah, it's a good game. I'll have to take a look at the, it. The source books. I, I just read. I love reading the source books for some reason. You just feel smart reading Traveler. I mean, <laughs> if you're a fan of Firefly, you're definitely a fan of the Traveler universe. Yeah. Oh, I'm. I'm definitely yeah. a fan of Firefly, but yeah, I think probably a lot of people are. But what's crazy about Traveler is, yeah, I mean, you're right. It's the simulation into it even starts in character creation right i'm not talking about the 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 mimetic oh i i died in my character creation no one gives a shit about that right it's 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 lol funny but it's the way you create your character you actually are in the military service you're providing that support you have you may muster out early and that ages your character and that gives you more advantages and disadvantages you know so that simulation starts right from the very get-go but the mechanics of the system yeah. are what are awesome because it's really straightforward you know yeah. for a for a game that goes to that great length it's like roll 2d6 bro <laughs> exactly <laughs> so is that one like is it more trying to focus towards like even like realism of what the future may look like like or is it on its own just trying like is it creating its own kind of world or is it trying to use what we know right now to almost make almost like a picture of what they think the future would be I think some of that goes to which version of Traveler you're playing from. I, I, I started Traveler with the Black Box Edition, which were like these three little tiny books that were nothing but rules. There was no, it was like a, a sci-fi D&D where there's no campaign world. Um, and then they built that as people started wanting that, it seems. So there there were different supplements that came along. If you look at the Mongoose one, there's there's much more of a campaign world there, there's like an imperium there's all sorts of built-in mechanics around the way the world works and i guess there was a little bit of that there was this kind of feudal type hierarchy you could have nobility or not um but within the the mongoose 
version of Traveler, it seems to be a little bit more within the core book itself where they've got some history behind what's happened to space and to humanity as it's as it stands at that point. Oh, that's really cool. I might have to actually take a look at that one myself. Yeah, apparently they just released a new version of the Mongoose Rules as well. Yep. Um, and by new version, I, I guess it's more of just an update. Uh, there seems to be some... Uh, I've read somebody that said on Reddit it's more just bringing all the uh, slight tweaks and clarifications into a new book, but it sounds like there may be a few other things that are new to it as well. But but yeah. Nice. For me, I think I'm actually... Uh... This one's actually more of a war game, but I feel like it handles the idea of simulation really well, and that's like classic Battletech. Yeah. Um, yeah, like if you've ever even like watched people play it on YouTube and they cut it down, but those are games that will last a long time. You have to build up your mech. You have to watch your heat, the generation. If you get into the customizing, like customizing the mechs, you... You literally have to build graphs in order to figure out, is this going to be a viable option or am I going to end up cooking my pilot? And for that one, it's just it handles it on such a, a um, like like you guys are saying, like on a realistic basis where they're trying to make it seem like, no, this is really a mech that you're fighting against. And so if you're being shot from the left, you're going to get damaged on the left. If you're shooting a bunch of the lasers you're going to heat up way more or if you even get shot in the wrong place and it hits your ammo cache you could essentially blow up your entire mech instantly so for that one like when i think of simulation i think of battle tech with all the different rules that and all the mechanics are all trying to hone into a real experience of you feel like you're commanding these mechs and I think that's kind of where simulation needs to go for me is where you really need to feel like you are in that game where you are really controlling all those outcomes and you have to put in thought. Like if you look at games like, um, I'm just going to say D and D or savage worlds where people could say, Oh, but you're simulating this world. But in reality, it's you're more of playing in this world. You don't have to worry about, the physics of you following or you shooting an arrow shooting an arrow and trying to really gauge the distance the height that you have to raise it like all these different little mecha like mechanics that really they just kind of put into you know all you got to do is roll like a 12 <laughs> roll a 14 like that's not really all the math behind it you need to really have that stuff in order to create something that feels real. In a yeah, way. I mean, armor class and hit points alone reduce Dungeons & Dragons well outside the simulationist category. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and with 5e, as I understand it, the healing, or the, like the way you get hit points back, right? Take a full rest. Yeah, yeah well, you know, and well, again, it's something we can talk about at a different time of what hit points really mean in Dungeons & Dragons and how people get it wrong. Uh, and there's even some cognitive dissonance when you watch people do that. Um, but yeah, yeah, that'd be a, a very fun discussion, actually, is the cognitive dissonance of hit points. But simulation is so you said you like the Battletech, right? I've played Battletech before uh, a couple of times, and it is fun, right? But I also, that's why I have a, that's why I have an Xbox One, right? So I can load up <laughs> Mech Warrior, right? Because that's, that's kind of the thing is like, are, are these games more difficult to play? You know, uh, you know, one of the things is what makes them more, you know, are they inherently more difficult to play because of all of that? Well, 
Go ahead. I was going to say, you know, I think some of it may depend on how far they take the simulation of of things. Battletech to me sounds like I don't know if I would enjoy that as much, but Traveler I love because it does give you things to think about. Uh, for example, you can build this ship that does awesome damage, but if you're not thinking about your armor plating to protect you against radiation and things like that, it's very easy to die quickly and horribly from radiation poisoning in Traveler. Uh, we had a, a campaign where that's exactly how we ended because we're like, oh, we've got this cool ship. Let's go fight some things now. And we're like, oh, crap, we forgot about radiation. Um, so I, I think they're they're fun because they can bring in the, these other elements that you have to think about. Uh, so it's a different form of problem solving. But by and large, I think I'm less of a simulationist and prefer games well by the fact that as i mentioned last time savage worlds is one of my favorite <laughs> systems just because i can do a lot of different things with it and i don't have to worry about oh do i know how to shoot this glock or do i know how to shoot this this uh, revolver um it's it's a little bit easier for me so no and that <clears throat> like that makes sense like even like with myself i really like the idea of simulation games like i really do and like with a lot of games, I've looked at those simulation ones and I've just created characters because I realize how much you can do to make that character your own. And I really like that aspect about it. But I I tried leveling them up and I was started leveling <laughs> up and I realized I was like, man, I'm just trying to do math now. Now I'm not even trying to like have fun on it i'm just doing math to figure out oh is, would this be would my character actually be able to be even playable even though it's what i want but on a game like let's say um oh god which one would i say even like battle tech i'm just going to bring that one up since i was talking about that one would i really like the idea of sitting around and then figuring out okay well my heat's here uh, my armor, I have more armor on this right side, but then again, uh, I have my gun that I prefer on that side, and I also have my ammo cache, so would it be more simpler for me to try and figure out, hey, do I want to risk having this arm blown off or this leg blown off in order to try and save this or this and that, and it's, that's where it, they kind of lose me for that, because it, it just seems like you're doing so much to try and play something that's supposed to be fun that you're really taking time out of your day to play <laughs> no, i hear you yeah so, i will say this about like with a role master you know um you will spend at least all you'll spend your four hour session or five hour session making characters and is it fun uh i don't know like it's a pain in the ass for people who are like <laughs> what do you mean i can only light fires or i can't do anything or i'm always missing well you know yeah because you're 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 baby level and you don't have enough bonuses and you know, how it works, but then when you when you roll that first super high roll because it has exploding dice, right? It's yeah. the original system for exploding dice, really. And you roll if you roll a ninety six or above, you roll it again, and you add to whatever you roll. And if you roll it, you roll it, you roll it. And when you roll enough, like the first time I ran a group through it, uh, first level ranger fired an arrow into a ogre, which is well above their you know his weight class. Yeah. And killed it instantly on with a high roll on top of a high um, uh, critical roll, and the look in his eyes was like, 
that would never happen in D and D. I'm like, you're correct, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but but is yeah, I just I don't enjoy that anymore. You know, like I own Steel Battalion for the original Xbox. It was the one that the mech game that had the like forty or fifty button controller. And you had oh, to actually yeah. physically start your mech up, and it had pedals and sticks, and you had to eject at the right time. Or that game did not sell well. I mean, the price tag attached to it was a little high at the time as well. But still, and, and didn't you actually need to buy like an additional controller just to be able to play that game? If it's it came in a, yeah, it came in a big box, like it's a giant box that was two hundred and fifty bucks or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it had a controller to put. Yeah, it was so. You know, you're talking like a lot of commitment, but again. I loved it because I like being a giant robot nerd, but no one wanted to play because it was really <laughs> expensive, right? And I translate that monetary expense to the your time sink expense at the table, you know? Mm-hmm. No, it definitely makes sense. So out of curiosity, especially uh, since I think we've all dabbled some more than other at like trying to make their own game, but is there a way to really build a simulation game without it just getting to be in like almost like a bloated mechanical like monstrosity like something that could you make something that's actually easy to play but still have all that in-depth mechanics i mean with finder's example of traveler i i think that might be the closest that i can really think of uh, am i am i off base there you've played traveler more than i have I don't think you're off base. That that to me is a very playable system. Um, once you understand the ins and outs, there are things that still take time, but it's not daunting to do even in game. At least Mongo- the way Mongoose has it set up. I mean, that's the one that I played the most uh, recently, and and the way they have it set up, it, it worked very well, and it was a fun game. So, but it's pretty rare, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, now I, I will say, from the way I, I've never played GURPS, I've never played it, I've never read the rules for GURPS. I've read GURPS supplements because those are awesome, but from the the feeling that I get in reading that, it sounds like GURPS may be a simulationist type of game, and there's a huge fan base for that. So perhaps GURPS is also a playable simulationist game. I don't know because I mean, yes. Scott, you may, you may have to weigh in on that one. So it, it is definitely playable because, you know, it's, it's just the three six siders and it's all you really need to do. And um, so that's where the balance factor is, really, because they wanted to use the bell curve. And I think GURPS, for me, this because I consider simulation this game to be a pain in the ass. <laughs> the, the pain <laughs> in the ass at GURPS isn't, uh, isn't really the system specifically. It's the character creation. You know, you're like, oh, well, how many points do we have for a character? Well, spend 500 points. Oh, I don't want to do that. I just don't want to do that. I don't want to count down from 500 points or 700 points or 250 points. I just don't care enough. You know? <laughs> and then when you're making a character, you got your, uh, they call them advantages and disadvantages, if I remember right. And they, advantages require so many points, a disadvantage gives you so many points back. And then you got these, the, the munchkins who are going to bounce around and have a one-legged blind kobold uh, fire-breathing sorcerer just because they've managed to do the math right. And I just, I have no interest in that. And that's, I think, GURPS, the simulationist side of GURPS is the character creation process. It's just, it's just, to me, it's just as extreme as Rollmaster, to be honest. Yeah, even like, I'm trying to think back, it's been a, 
quite a while since I've played GURPS, but when I played it, playing the game itself wasn't too hard because it really ended up being like a little bit more of a, I wouldn't even say a more complicated version of like, let's say D&D 3, mm-hmm. uh, 3rd edition. A lot of the rules, once you get into the game, are pretty loose because they really want you to kind of make your own game with it. All the cut, all the creativity came from what the DM could imagine in his brain mm-hmm. or the, like you said, the character creation. Because I had so many choices with the character creation. In fact, I'm pretty sure you can download this program that'll beat up character creation, but it'll give you even like, this is how many extra bonus points you get for uh, having these disadvantages. This is how many points the advantages will take, and it'll allow you to kind of create your character. But there was a lot of skills also attributed to it that allowed you to customize to a full extent. And if you weren't trained in it, you just weren't trained in it. Yeah. Um, so that's where I'm kind of having it like, because that one, there is a lot of mechanics to it, but I still would not consider that one a simulation. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah I'm right there with you. It's kind of a weird spot for me. Yeah, that that's uh, honestly that's actually kind of like I'm thinking about it too because like I don't I wouldn't consider that a simulation. No, but... no, like yeah, like so. Rid- Riddle of Steel is a simulation as fantasy game. That yeah. is probably the most simulationist game. It actually won awards for realistic air quotes by a bunch of nerds. Uh, <laughs> realistic, I know they probably had the SCA go and judge it. Oh, okay, okay, bro, come back to me when you've actually been in a two way range in real physical combat where your life is on the line, and we'll we'll have a conversation about your about how you've adjudicated these rules. But um, <laughs> yeah, so it has this, and I think Riddle of Steel is one of the most boring games. I was like, I would never run this. I don't want to play it. Um, Zero interest in that level of fine detail. So, I mean, but people like Riddle of Steel, like you said, right? Uh, with GURPS, there's a fan base. The pod mm-hmm. not large. GURPS has a massive fan base, which is crazy, but I know they're out there. But, I mean, I think if someone pre-generated character for me in a fantasy GURPS, I'd play. You know, I'm going to ask a question, Scott. And I, yeah. I, sorry if I catch you off guard, but given no, no, your, can... your background and your history, what what's your take on Twilight 2000? And, and I'm talking... I, I'm not talking the new version. I, I, I've not played the new version. The new version is based off of year two or the Mutant Year Zero engine, but mm-hmm. like the original Twilight 2000, did you ever play that? And would you consider that simulations? Because I just remember that being a pretty in-depth game as well. Oh, you know, that is a good point. Yeah, I think that's for me. Yeah, that would be in the simulationist category just because there's so much to it again. And it's not that I'm lazy. I just, I don't want to spend that much time making characters with you. I really don't. I don't care. Like I've heard. I mean, it's, 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 it's crazy. I just I think that's where it is for me on simulations games. I can't stand them. Like but Twilight 2000 has a really cool uh, setting, you know. Yeah, and you know, I wonder if that's what makes simulationist games playable is people get invested in the setting, and so they're willing to put the extra work in because the setting is so engaging. Sure. Look at uh, Eve Online, right? People have, uh, literally run spreadsheets and they do that math calculation because it's so engaging for what they're doing. So, yeah. 
as someone who played that game and also was part of a trading company for a while god yes i know i know just trying to look around to figure out oh well we craft we built this ship now we just got to get the transportation where should we bring it what gets the most income okay well how we can we also supply some of the rare materials do we need to get some defenses to come along like there that game yeah for video games like that's that that's a simulation yeah see and again, that game mechanically, there is a lot to it. Um, yeah. While you guys were talking, something kind of also popped in my mind because another game I would consider a simulation. But if you look at the rules, the rules themselves are actually pretty loose. And that's like um, uh, Vampire the Masquerade, not the newer one, uh, but like, you know, like the, was it the 25th year? 25th, yeah, edition? looking yeah. right at it. That's interesting. Yeah. You think that's simulationist, really? I think it's simulation, but. The reason why I think it's simulation is more because the world itself is so, although mechanically like low, if you look at all the detail that goes into just the day-to-day life that you have to focus on, all the different factions, all the different rules, all the different, like they almost built up a culture within that book and I've heard a lot of people say that like it's fun to play, but it's another one of those ones that people don't want to DM because they have to know so much about the world that it's just very complicated. Like I might be wrong There's on this. No but... way she's the third generation of Umbra. Exactly. She has to be at least eighth <laughs> generation. Why is her powers only doing this strong? Like she should be stronger if she was third. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. But like, you know what I mean? Like that one I would consider a simulation because they have crafted such a a well done world in the older ones. Um, sure. Like I, I, I like for me, it's just I. How can you not consider that one a simulation just with everything that goes on in it? So with that, and with what Finder said about Traveler, right about the setting being the important piece, uh, it, you know, the simulation. I mean, most people think about simulation games in a mechanical sense, but mm-hmm. is it possible to have, like, like, well, we found two, I think, that would be simulationist setting with more of a uh, simplified mechanic? I mean, not a light mechanic, but a simplified yeah. mechanic. I don't it, know what you guys think. I, I, actually, listening to his description of Vampire, I was leaning in the same direction. Maybe there are multiple yeah. levels of simulationists that people can separate into because i i never considered vampire simulationist game either but you think about the detail that goes into the Mm -hmm. world um i i I can see it from that perspective like simulationist but i i understand how it could be considered simulationist like even if you read i'm pretty sure the first few pages it even has a thing about larping for it and it it does yeah (laughs) yeah like you know, I, I've never LARPed. I feel like it's one of those things where I'd be afraid to try it because I might like it, and then I might be put into one of those categories. I'd put but, you in that category. Yeah. If yeah. you liked it, I'd definitely put you in that category. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I haven't done it, I swear, guys. I've only, Just... <laughs> I've only seen it and had a couple of guys at my old apartment who did it, and I kind of looked jealously at them. But I've never done it. I'm not a LARPer. Yeah, it's uh... just a different level of gaming that I just don't want to do. Yeah, you don't want around fireball, fireball, fireball. No, no not, not at all. I think what's yeah. stopping me is the fact I don't le- like to leave my house. So that's probably <laughs> my biggest uh, trouble with that is 
well, you can't do it in my house and you're going to mess up the place and I'm not going out to the park. That's like, you know, a couple blocks away, guys. That's that's too much for me. <laughs> you know, I do find it interesting, though, if I remember correctly, and it's been decades since I've read Vampire. But if I remember correctly, part of the their commentary on LARPing is you're in the real world where people around you don't know what you're doing. So be cognizant of that and make yeah. sure that you're being safe and not being stupid when you're doing your LARPing stuff. So yeah. um, I, I thought that was kind of cool from, from White Wolf to, to be aware of that aspect of LARPing. Because, I mean, heck, if you think about it, we've all LARPed growing up as kids who, who didn't sure. play cops and robbers or whatever. And that, to me, is nothing more than a version of LARPing. But, yeah, I, I've not had the interest to, to go and do it myself. I, I just had this mental thought. I'm just imagining a bunch of people LARPing for, uh, for uh, Vampires the Masquerade. And they're playing as that class. Which one is it? Or that race? Machiavelli the, or the... Uh... No, Nosferatu. And they're just, oh, crawling, right. they're just crawling into the sewers and just hanging it out down there. Because <laughs> that's what they do. Oh, my God. I don't know why, but that that's just that's golden to me. I love it. See, and the only the only vampire clan that ever interested me was Malkavian. Uh, just that's, that's the one that interests everybody, right? That's the exactly. insane one, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, not really insane. They just I don't know. They're kind of a do what thou wilt kind of thing with a a, a penchant for not giving a shit. There is that. Although from the the first edition that I played. There was, uh, they were a tad insane. That there's a a mental imbalance. It seemed within that clan, um, almost like uh, I'm not going to say this is how it is, but the impression I always got is almost like an incestuous. It's almost like an incestuous clan where things just go wrong because they. That wasn't Mac. Was that Machiavellian? That was Malkov, the Malkavians. Because there was, then which one? I thought that one was its own, where they're really kind of like hoity-toity and regal. That one, I remember even in the, which one was it? Because there was one in the rule books where it even said, the female vampires of this one are all attractive and they automatically get a bonus, but any of the male ones don't get anything because they're just kind of mediocre. I forget which one was that. That's probably... Uh, not Toriador or uh, yeah, yeah I, I was thinking Toriador from the yeah. description of the females. Yeah, because yeah. I remember the Machiavellian. I'm pretty sure they had a, uh, one of their abilities was like mass uh, hysteria, which just caused everyone around them to have the same mind as them, and they go insane. I recall. <laughs> I know, but yeah, I don't know. Just making characters is pretty straightforward in that, but I could it, it definitely requires you to think. Mm-hmm two to three moves outside of what you're doing uh, to properly, probably play the game. So I could see that we're kind of a simulationist approach. They're not trying to simulate, well, you're trying to simulate vampires. So, I mean, I don't know, right? They're not taking every, every little thing into account. They're like, you don't know how many pints of blood you can drink per round <laughs> or per hour, you know, uh, a lot of little things you could really get into. But yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I, I, like, your, I like your thought on, on vampire. Yeah, and I find one that might actually kind of have a nice balance between. Uh, have you guys read any of the the Dark Heresy, the 40K mm-hmm. RPGs? Yeah. 
those ones, I I read the rules and I was like, okay, the rules themselves are not overly comp like complex. Like creating your character is a little bit, but in that one, the only reason why I might consider it a simulation is because the world itself is so in depth that you could almost like say you're simulating, you're playing like you're in 40k. But at the same time, I'm not too sure if I would consider that one a simulation, even though it might fit those criteria. Yeah, so that's, I think you're starting to blur the line uh, yeah. for the setting between the mechanics. Like I said, most people consider the mechanic side of the house to be the simulationist side. Yeah. You know, taking every little dit dot into account for what you're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And that's just, I don't know, that's the a way, that's just folly, I think. Yeah. So here's kind of another thought that popped to my mind, but is there any genres that you think automatically play more into being a simulation than just more of like an actual, I don't want to call it just a game, but you know, that's not a simulation game, but more of just an RPG game. Of course. Finder. (laughs) Go ahead, Finder. Say it again. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that there's any specific genre. Most of the like most of the simulationist games that I would be familiar with are going to be your sci-fi, mm-hmm. yeah. because people like to they, they like to make the differentiation between oh well I know how to shoot these types of guns but don't know how to shoot these ones and and uh, most of the things that I see on forums or Facebook where people are talking about rules it all it always comes down to firearms which is going to be more modern or sci-fi I think yep. most of us are so far removed from swords and bows and arrows that we don't really think about them too much. Although you do get the occasional, why well, can I only shoot one arrow when yeah. historically yeah. you can shoot three within six seconds or whatever. It's like That's because your game design is terrible and you're playing the wrong game. Yeah, there's also <laughs> games like uh, like Zweihander, which mm-hmm. tries to simulate the combat, or even, I wouldn't consider this one, but it's just how we could chop off, you could chop off a limb, everything like that, but the original... Um, fantasy game for uh, Warhammer, Warhammer Fantasy. Sorry for bringing up Warhammer a lot, but if you look at that one too, like it even gave you instead of I think it was second edition. I don't know if it was in first edition, but you didn't progress just like oh you get to level this and that, but you actually had careers. So yeah, it was first edition as well. Was that in the first edition? Mm-hmm. And I always thought that was kind of a neat one that put people more into the thought process of I may be this character instead of, you know, just looking at stats. But yeah, that one I wouldn't consider a simulation. But so yeah. I hander, I, I think you could maybe make an argument to say which that's is, out. Well, it's ironic because Vihander is essentially stolen Warhammer rules so yeah yeah like like, in air quotes right like we all do for the osr it's it's the osr version of warhammer so yeah did that one have magic though i don't remember Mm -hmm. i don't i I don't remember well when you say magic are you talking warhammer or swyhander swyhander um yeah swyhander had magic Mm -hmm. oh okay huh yeah so because if there's magic i'm gonna play that class (laughs) (laughs) that is a true statement (laughs) yeah Yep. But yeah, I mean, science fiction, right, has to be the one genre. There's like, Riddle of Steel is a fantasy game, and it tried to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but yeah. Yeah, everyone assumes that modern and postmodern are, just require so much more afterthought to, to what happens. Yeah, I can even see that, because uh, 
even like your spec ops game that you're talking about and you said that one person just like it was like nah man this is what it was an in because maybe he himself was looking for more of a simulation of yeah a real world combat and that's just (laughs) just just a thought like no yeah i mean that's possible right nobody nobody wants me to run that because we're gonna have a very horrific time (laughs) (laughs) all right we're gonna attend a real world briefing the talk (laughs) here's your first powerpoint please here we go (laughs) <laughs> you will enter from the left do i get to make any decisions no that'll get your teammates killed <laughs> <laughs> we can go full simulationist oh god that. oh man now i want to write that game just a grudge i hate right <laughs> oh man um, so here's one of this is more geared towards kind of some more of the regular games but like mm-hmm. do you see a mechanic that tends to try and be shoehorned into rpgs to almost make it seem more like it's a simulated world yeah man finder mentioned it people mess firearms up on a constant basis gamers have firearms so wrong and twisted it hurts my brain to think about it um you know i spend lots of time on a range uh thousands of rounds down range and the misconceptions of firearms and how they mechanically function in a game are just stupid. Um, they really are. Like to try to, and even to try to capture even some of the the no kidding differences between firearms, between long guns and handguns, uh, PDWs and SMGs, and getting those fine details. It's like, why? You know, why you don't really understand how some of this plays out and then the applicability to a game, right? Ostensibly you're using these firearms in a modern game or a science fiction game. And it's just, you're dearest, you're man. It's gotta be just boring as hell. Or, you know, <laughs> listening to people talk about how they think the things happen or, you know, like, dude. Yeah, I can see that. Like for me, like you ask me, it will a 50 caliber do more damage than 22 caliber i'll say yes but besides that like i i i don't know it's because the bullet's bigger that's my only thought process but then whenever i see the like pictures of bullets and the part that comes out i'm like really it's just those little things but this is from a canadian with almost no gun experience whatsoever so those are two vastly different ends of a spectrum on long guns (laughs) well i i also know about a a 44 (laughs) because that's popular in music but yeah that's about it that's all yeah. i know i mean yeah you start closing the gap right between nine millimeter and 40 cal right yeah. and so it's like okay well one of those rounds exists for a variety of reasons one of those rounds exists because it's this, this the nato stand around the world uh and a few other reasons uh that are part of it and then you get into the people who swear by the 45 right and the people who hate the 45 and then you got like i personally carry a 10 millimeter on me as my everyday carry, which is a massive round, right? Um, so you got the 45 versus the 10 millimeter folks. And it's this, this the, the gun nerds are just as bad as game nerds. Uh, <laughs> it really, it's just, but you put that stuff in a game, I mean, yeah, man, there's just way too many variables to take into account. And so it's just, I, I always advise against people trying to simulate firearms and anything they're doing. Yeah, the difference is those the gun nerds have guns, while the game nerds have dice. 
Look at game nerds can have guns too if you live in the right areas. <laughs> oh yeah, no doubt. You know. Uh, for me, this is one I've seen like shoehorned into a lot of games, and most times it either is never used or has no impact. It's the living expenses where <laughs> a lot of a lot of games like they have living expenses where it's like, well, your guy lives in squalor, so he only has to pay two cents. Oh, so what, what are their effects behind that? Effects? What do you mean? He yeah. just lives in squalor. Well, I've seen some games do it well. Like actually, Scott, yours uh, that you came out with. Um, I really liked how you did it because okay, I have to spend more money on to make sure I got some better food. That's nice. But also the fact is, I have better medical insurance, essentially. And I know if I get shot, I have a better chance of making it than some guy who might have to, you know, pay some street doctor in order to make sure he doesn't bleed out at that moment. But infection, you know, the body can fight that. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, sure. And also, um, depending on what level of uh, lifestyle you have for set, you know, for that session period, mm -hmm. that also gives you bonuses to certain skill roles. You know. Yeah. And I think some games can put that in, but most of them they put it in to try and simulate. So it seems like, oh yeah, you know, you're living in the real world, like in their real yeah. world. But yeah, most of the time, like I'm, like especially fantasy. Yeah. That for some reason, a noble gives you a castle. So you don't really have to pay attention to that. Right. But um, I, I was actually thinking one that I feel like did it right. And the only way I could see that this rule, like, you know, you can fix this rule is just keeping it in on certain settings like cyberpunk. Mm -hmm. So I see that rule working Victorian era, like uh, with rippers. That works because not only that, you're also considered higher in society. You automatically get invited to the better parties and you're just treated a lot better as a person compared to someone who is a, is in the working class during the Victorian era. The simulationist mechanic that I think most systems do that I absolutely hate is encumbrance. Yeah, oh, there yeah. let's crap on I, encumbrance. Yeah, <laughs> the, the reason I hate it is because it's just more math that I have to keep track of. And, and <laughs> does it affect this this fighting attack or does it not? And so, like even within Savage Worlds, I tend to ignore encumbrance. So it's like yep. I don't care if my characters are walking around with an unrealistic amount of equipment. It's like <laughs> you spend time accumulating this stuff. You want to have it with you. Go ahead. I don't care. So if you were to draw your character, you look like that that freaking mule that's on the side of the mountain with like, you can't see the mule for all the gear that's on that mule. Right. That's what your character looks like. It's okay. I don't care. Go into combat and fight like that. That's all good. Let's just have fun. And I think so that's, that's one that I always hate. Most games realize it's stupid. Like there's a reason why the bag of holding is the first magic item that is ever <laughs> given to you in any single yep. fantasy game. Like even not even D and D, but like every single one, it's like, yeah, don't worry. You got a bag of holding. Because, you know, I, I gave my kids in the game that I've been playing with them, we've been playing for maybe a year, year and a half now. They finally got their first fanny pack bag of holding. There you go. <laughs> fanny pack. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, why well, would look, you not? Yeah. Right? I heard I was reading this forum and the person said, he's like, yeah, I gave my group a bag of holding, but I made it cursed. So whatever they put it in there, uh, whatever they put in there, it always comes out covered in glitter. 
just sounds like a Saturday <laughs> night. I mean, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, and that's you know, as the pro am game designer, I use encumbrance, but I do it for a purpose, and it affects things. But you're also I mean, you guys have both seen how an encumbrance works in the systems I write. You're mm-hmm. not calculating weight and all that shit. You have blocks to fill in, and your things take up a certain number of blocks. And it's kind of like Diablo, but not with 40 blocks. You know, you get a set amount, and that mm-hmm. prevents you from carrying five two-handed swords and all that nonsense, because that is irritating. Um, but then, yeah, and then once you go over the limit that your character is able to carry, uh, then you're uh, taking penalties left and right. So... Yeah, but again, it's not a. I'm not a simulation designer, so it's just like, yeah. How much does gold weigh compared to platinum? Oh no. <laughs> yeah, and money I find is another one that tends to be overdone in a lot of games. Well, that's how you tell a lot of poor people play role playing games is because they don't really understand how big a how much a goddamn stack of gold coins would weigh. Oh God, no. Even, but even like oh, like PBGAs, a jar of pennies is heavy. <laughs> it, oh God, it is. I had one. I used to work in a bar, and I yeah. Uh, uh, essentially, about like once a month, I would take all my bar change that I got from tips, and that thing, like, and I would just try and like you know count it up, roll it up, and get bills for it. And <laughs> the amount that that thing weighed, like if that dropped on my head, I would be killed easy. Right. And you look at your dungeon and you're dragging out a thousand copper pieces from the from the, from the dragons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, totally. And I think I think some games now they're kind of realizing that tracking money is kind of busy work that nobody really wants to do because you see like PBTAs that you just deal with like wealth where Okay, well, most things you don't have to worry about. Yeah, you can pay for a drink at a tavern, yeah. but anything bigger, it's like, oh, this will cost two your wealth, and all of a sudden you have a lot less. And I, I think that mechanics is one that's almost starting to fall more to the wayside as people realize it's pointless unless you're doing like what we're talking about right now, simulations. Yeah, yeah. Then God. Although help you. you know, I think there's still something that people enjoy being able to say, wow, I have 10,000 gold pieces. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you keeping those 10,000 gold pieces? Yeah. As people, we're like, big dollar signs are important. (laughs) It's like, like and and that's the way, that's the way you reward that in, in a D and D game. It's like, okay, you've got all this money now. And it's like, wow, I I'm rich. Like, yeah, great. You're going to keep adventuring. So what good is it? (laughs) (laughs) Look at all my money. I can do anything I want. (laughs) Yeah, so there's a way of doing it. But but you're right. People want to see, like, the dragon. You know, they want to see, you know, Smaug's Horde where they slide down it like it's a goddamn Disneyland trip. Um, But, yeah, you could make money important, have it added to your encumbrance to make it non-simulationist and actually playable, actually enjoyable and trackable. But you have to really reset um, some preconceived notions at the table and really realign people. But yeah, yeah, money, simulationist money. Oof. Yeah, even when it comes to simulations, I remember seeing uh, Scrooge McDuck in the old cartoons just diving into his money and hopping out. And as an adult now, I just realized he probably would have broken his neck on the first dive. <laughs> yeah. All uh, right. No, but um, 
I think that's all we have for us. Uh, <laughs> summary simulation dumb. Uh, I don't think they're dumb. They it's have their dumb. place. Yeah. Don't say that. You're gonna. Yeah, they're not off. dumb. Every single episode, we're just going to get a smaller and smaller fan base it's of people. Who, yeah. Okay. Some of the smartest <laughs> people I know love simulationist games. You know. Oh, oh, totally. Like. Yeah. And I think it is a good way for them to have like this outlet of something that. Yeah. Like, because I could, I like, I've known a few like really smart people out there. Um, they don't really like me because I'm not that smart, but uh, <laughs> I, I find, I, I find they really like those complex systems and they like really kind of working towards it and i think that's where simulation go ones go like like i said battletech like i know i can maybe play the the other versions that are kind of meant for quicker gameplay or bigger battle scopes like they just came out with one not too long ago um that's all based around very simplistic kind of gameplay but you can have a bunch of mechs like 10 mechs that are playing at once when if you had that in a normal battletech game like god you that would take a week in order to finish yeah i don't know i i I wish i could play them they just seem so cool (laughs) uh but yeah i think um unless finder you got anything else dad nope okay scott you all done with this one Yes. God, yes. <laughs> don't, oh, don't worry. This, this, I can always edit out anything we don't like. No, not at all. It's just, I stand by <laughs> my words. If you like this stuff, hey man, more power to you. Oh yeah. There, no. There are people who hate the stuff that I'd love. You know, it just is what it is. Oh yeah. No, and I, I was just saying that just because we I do have, we'll, like, even like me talking right now, this is just going to be out because it doesn't really add anything. Whatever. Yeah. Now yeah. You gotta leave it because watch this. There are people who hate Savage Worlds because every character is the same. Shakis. <gasps> <laughs> he knows what I'm talking about. It's when you play Savage Worlds a lot, you have to defend that nonsensical point of view from people over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, uh, so I think we've probably reached the end of the podcast. Uh, and I have a little bit of news for what might be coming up in the future. Over the next little while, we've kind of decided, and this is no coercion on myself to, towards Scott, to maybe have a game of Call of Cthulhu that's been recorded so that we can maybe show Scott's style a little bit and why we always rant and rave about how good it is. Call of Cthulhu might be the slowest of my style because of the <laughs> whole But yeah, I'll make it terrifying as possible. <laughs> no, it'll be good. And like I said, no coercion. This has nothing to do with my bucket list. And no, he has not been paid to do it. <laughs> I'm gonna demand, I, I want video proof you're playing with your lights off, though, with just a candlelight surrounding your computer. Oh, I bought this really nice new candle, too. It's It sounds really lame, but I actually got it yesterday, and it's sweet tobacco, and it smells fantastic. Yeah, there you go. Now you can uh, piss yourself when we're running Call of Cthulhu on Halloween oh. night. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I like it. But... But all right, RP people, I hope you had a good time listening to us fumble around as we try and figure out how to do episodes of rolling, role-playing as smart people, because obviously we're not, we're not that bright. If you liked what you heard, subscribe and give us a like on Podbean. Uh, we're a new channel, so this would help us greatly. Have a good uh, week, and either good morning, good evening, or good night.
Say goodbye. Later. Bye.